praise. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. See, that's it. We got the privilege. We got the right. We got the limbs that can raise up. What if you're handicapped? What if something happens to you and you think, oh, I should have done that. I should have praised the Lord. I should have done that. I should have gone. I should have put my arms up. I can't do it anymore. See, this is, this is, I tell you what, we have got the right and we need to use the right to praise him. We got the privilege and the honor and the glory to praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All those things. We need to do it before it's too late. We need to do a lot of things before it's too late. Don't waste your time anymore. Hallelujah. Well, you can be seated. <laughs> Amen. So we're just going to remind you of something and see the words of our mouth are so important. Even right now, when the rubber meets the road and it meets the road and it meets, we can be word of faith. We can be, think we're hot stuff. We can say all these scriptures, but when something really happens, what do we do? What do we do? I can just say my son needs a miracle. They said he's there to keep him comfortable. And I wondered because of what was going on. <laughs> and so I asked. Yeah, and he needs a new liver. Okay, so there are two kinds of knowledge in the world which are sometimes hostile to each other. And one is sense knowledge. <laughs> the five senses, what we hear, see, taste, touch, feel, smell, okay? So that's the source really of all knowledge that comes to a natural man. And the other is revelation knowledge and it comes from the word of God. And when something happens, you gotta get into the word and believe what the word says. See, and I wanna tell you something, educators have thrown out the Bible. That used to be the reader for little children, the Bible out of the schools, out of the colleges, out of the universities, until that all is taught is the five senses. And so the mind of man has no way of knowing except through the five senses. Unless you get born again, and then you might even get born again, but if you don't have any teaching about any of this and about the words and about your senses, you'll just operate what you, how you feel, taste, with reports, what you hear, what you say, what, you know what I mean, what you feel, all of it, see? And, and the man who accepts all sense knowledge will never know God. And that's what's wrong. That's what's wrong. It came into religion. You, it's, it's knowing about God, but not knowing God. You can get all the intellectual stuff you want out of here. See, but you never will understand anything connected with the real spirit realm or with Christi real Christianity, real Christianity, because it belongs to a, to a realm that is above reason. It's above logic. It's above. It's a revelation, and it's a miracle. 
So the Bible, honestly, in, in always in the spirit realm, it's a miracle book. It's not just something you read and you get bored with and you never read it. You see, the first, first chapter of Genesis gives the miracle of creation. The sense realm denies it. Uh, they said man evolved. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it says it's, it's not reasonable, but really it's so much above reason that they don't get it. And one of the most unhappy things that theologians <laughs> have never attempted is to compare the Bible. They started to compare the Bible with science or read the Bible with scientific reasoning. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, one of the scientists, do you think God understands radar? <laughs> he put it in dolphins. <laughs> in whales, I think whales. Have, yeah. See, in bats. Put it in bats. See, the understanding of revelation is purely by faith. This faith stuff is huge. And I tell you what, it's huge right now to me, to us. So see, by faith, we understand the worlds were framed, made by the word of God. And by faith, God said, light be, and, and creation came into being, and cows be, and pigs be, and whatever. But, but see, Jesus represented the God the Father, and the mighty miracle of Jesus were all, all, the, all faith miracles. See, the Acts and Gospels are a record of all that stuff, too. And see, when you, when you read the New Testament, it's a record of miracles. And, when, and there's, there, there's, no, there's no place for it for, with human senses. It, it, that, that's why we've... Oh. So actually, this is really a review of the words... Of our words, or, or just see, okay, so the knowledge from schools, from kindergarten to a doctorate in anything, or several, <laughs> or any field, comes through the five senses. The knowledge is limited, and it's not a part of the human spirit. And it's called sense knowledge, as you know. Bible knowledge comes through revelation. Revelation comes from our spirit. And it brings you in contact with real God. Yes. See, and if you never read the Bible, you never meditate. She meditated on that. You never meditate on it. You won't get that revelation. Open up the eyes of my understanding, God. Flood my heart with light. Let me get away from religion. See, and it deals with things. The Bible deals with things the senses don't understand. But it's gained a foothold in our world. It really has. And it's gained a foothold in the church. And it's turned into all kinds of religion. You can have a born-again, spirit-filled church, and it'll turn religious. And you've got to watch that. So sense knowledge denies the miraculous and healings. But God is a faith God, and Hebrews 11.3 says, without faith, Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it's impossible, impossible to please God. But he that comes to God must diligently seek him, diligently, 
You, get, you got to seek him or nothing, nothing's going to happen. Go to Hebrews 11.3, though. Let's read that. Uh, because, and see, that, that's the faith chapter. You need sometime to read it. Read about all the faith people. Hebrews 11.3 says, by faith, by faith, we understand the worlds during the, success, the successive ages were framed. They were fashioned, put in order, and equipped for the intended purpose by the word of God so that what we see was not made out of things which were visible. It was made out of words. Yes. <laughs> yes. Made out of words. Yes. So that comes from our spirit and it brings us in contact really and truly with God. And that's, I love John 6, 63. In fact, put it up there. The words, King James, the words I speak. It is the spirit that makes us alive. Whenever you see quicken, it means like the quick on your finger. I'd hear you push that quick down. And that's alive. Okay, it's the spirit that quickens, makes alive. The flesh absolutely profits you nothing, but yet we live totally by the flesh. <laughs> the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life, Jesus said. My words are spirit and they are life, and it deals with things the senses don't understand. So, now God, uh, okay, so we get born again and partake of God's, just think, you actually partake of God's very own nature exactly. yes. Yes. by words. Yes. Romans, do you get in the first place, yes. Romans 10, 9 and 10. I mean, actually, put it up there because that, that's how you got there. But that's how you get everything from then on. Everything. From then on, that's how you get everything. 10, 9 and 10. If you will confess with your mouth that healing is yours, you'll get healed. <laughs> the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you never say words, if you never said, Jesus, come unto my heart out loud, you ain't saved. You believed it in your heart, but you never said it. Or let's say you said it just to get rid of somebody, but you didn't believe it in your heart. You got to have both, and you got to have both for finances. You got to have both for healing when you, you need, or when you need anything, a car, a job, what, whatever it is. And you got to actually believe it in your heart. Well, I believe this, and I'm. No, you got to say it out loud. Words, because it gets deeper down into your spirit. Everything you get is the same way you got saved. And it's vital for Christians to know who they are in Christ. You are a big, 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 big deal in Christ. In order, in order to have faith in your own faith. You've got to have faith in your own faith. You've got to trust your faith. 
And the reason for unbelief and doubt is they do not know who you are in Christ. And sometimes we feel, you know, maybe you started out not feeling good enough. If I don't keep this up, I never feel good enough. You know what I mean? Ugh, the faith is not strong enough because there's so many forces that try to come against you all the time. And all they know, you know, all you know is your failings and your weaknesses. And that, that isn't what you're going to live by. So the father has no favorites. If every person born into his family has the same redemption. You have, we sang about the resurrection. We have the, he is, the resurrection is a person. And the resurrection is in you. And we're redeemed out of the authority of the enemy. In Colossians 1.13, what? And we say this over and over and over in this church. We have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God. And we are just ambassadors on the earth. Our citizenship is up in heaven. <laughs> and everything that heaven already enjoys is ours. See, now there is a point though. Like, with everything, you have to obey what the Bible says. Or if you have a, God has a plan for your life, you can't poo-poo it off. And it might seem impossible, but you've got to go to that plan. And like she was saying, they had to do what God says to do. If that's what God wants them to do, then, then it's delayed. You've got to go for that plan with, with maybe... Maybe you have fear. You, you go for it, and you think, I'm not capable. Of course you're not. If you go for the plan, God takes over. You're shocked at your own self. See, it's a personal, personal thing. God, God, he, that plan of God, you've got to obey it. And there, I mean, there's other things we, we need to do what the word of God says. Totally, completely. We got to put this. It's too, it's getting late. You know he's coming back. You can see the signs. It's a miracle that we're alive now. I never thought it'd be alive. I did think I wanted to be, but praise God. You see, it's a personal, absolute redemption from the dominion of Satan. But then there's obedience wrapped up in that, though, too. So. So when Jesus defeated Satan and he stripped him as a, of authority, it's just as if you did it. You did the work. And Christ acted in your place and he did it for you. <laughs> he didn't need it. <laughs> right? And you can say, I conquered Satan. In fact, say it right now. I conquered Satan. I stripped him of his authority. Him of his authority. Now, when Jesus, and when Jesus rose from the dead, say this too. When Jesus rose from the dead, I rose with him. Because I died with him, and I was buried with him. And I rose with him. Put up Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. And I've, I know I've emphasized this forever, too. Ephesians, that's seating at the right hand of the Father. Yeah. 
worth your stick. I'll just let you put it up there for you. So, but God, who is rich in mercy, he is so rich in mercy. That's why we should be merciful. For his great love wherewith he loved us. Go ahead. Even when we were dead in sins, he made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you are saved. Remember, he said, receive my grace. Sometimes we're not receiving it. He said, receive my grace. Give me permission to heal you. Go ahead. And he raised us up and made us. He made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus at his own right hand. That's the highest place of authority that anybody could ever. You're way above all rulers on this earth. And so see, we should say that with confidence, yeah. but only when we take our place yes, yeah. and use our rights and privileges can God respond to us. Right. You and we have immediate as soon as you get born again, really born again, you have eternal life. Right. Now that word life means there's no sickness, disease, blah 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 blah. The black blah 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 blah. <laughs> but you have the same eternal life that Jesus had. Because he that has the Son of God has life. That's a scripture. Okay, so Jesus Christ lives in you, and you have total life. You, I mean, I know I'm repeating, but you said, Jesus has, he, he lives in me. He really lives in me. He goes with me, and even when I sin, even when I goof up, he's right there. But you are a new creation in Christ. And you have the ability to perform good works that were prepared for you from the foundations of the world. So you have the ability because he lives in your spirit, not because of you. You have the same spirit that he raised Jesus from the dead living in you. It says that in Ephesians. And that's resurrection power. So, you know, 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. 1 John 4, 17 says, even it, as, as God is, so am I in this world. As God is. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, John 14, 12 says, even greater works shall you do. You know what? Do you realize, I listened to Kenneth Hagin once and he said, some of those greater works, did you ever think about it? When Jesus walked the earth, he had died on the cross yet, so he couldn't even get anybody born again. <laughs> he couldn't get them spirit-filled because the Holy Spirit hadn't come. <laughs> and those are greater works, too. Okay, so Romans 8, you know, says, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And then this is a law. And then isn't like the laws out there in, in a city or, you know, uh, driving laws and stuff. It's the law. This law cannot be changed. Even the law, law of gravity, which God made. See, all the laws, spiritual laws, were made by him. And they are high above all the other laws. 
Yet our Constitution even was full of, of many things that came from the Word of God. Okay, but the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and the law of death. So, okay, so you can stand, in, oh, I love this. Put up Colossians 1, 22 and 23. You can stand in the Father's presence. Holy, put it in the Amplified. Holy, blameless, faultless. Whoa. <laughs> Yet now has Christ, the Messiah, reconciled you like you in the body of his flesh through death in order to present you holy and faultless and irreproachable in his Father's presence. He presented us. Because of his blood, he says, here's my blood. It's on the mercy seat. It's alive. It's like, woo, sparkling. You know, <laughs> here's Jesus. Here's the Father. He says, Father, they, they, they received me. <laughs> and they're holy and faultless in your presence. For this he will do, provided that you continue to stay with and in the faith in Christ. In faith, in faith. Will I find faith when I come back? Well grounded and settled and steadfast, not shifting or moving away from the plan of God, the blueprint of God, that he, the hope that he has for you. You got to know what that hope is and do that hope. There's a plan. Some people run from it, which rests on and is inspired by the gospel, the glad tidings of the gospel, who we are in Christ, which you heard and has been preached as being designed for and offered without restrictions to every person under heaven. Every person's got a chance. And in which gospel I, Paul, became a minister where I was I was a murderer before. <laughs> look at him. He wrote most of the New Testament, and look what he had done. Picked up separated families, threw them in prison, killed them, murdered the mothers and fathers. Just like junk going on now. See, and you're his very own child, and he is your father. And like, think about you with sons and daughters. Maybe some of you didn't have such good Mothers or fathers, but think the ones that you did, I mean, they were good. You know, as, as a son or daughter, you have the legal right of their name. Well, we got the legal right now because we're born again to use the name of Jesus. And it, it's like signing his name in, in his checkbook. You can sign his name in the checkbook. Okay, so now... Now, now, numbers, <laughs> yeah, so, there, you know what, now, and this is one thing, I remember that Mark really liked this, there are two different witnesses talking to us in every situation. There's the witness of the problem, speaks loud and clear, symptoms, pain, diagnosis. Stress, yeah. worry, yeah. hurt, Oppression. you know, yeah. emotions, yeah. Yeah. reports, 
circumstances, depression, fear, lack, all that stuff. It said, or something that says, I'm a failure, I'm hopeless, a defeated, and it's no use. Then there's the witness of God's word. But see, you can't just go, oh, yes, I agree with you, and then go home and read some crappy magazine, some crappy stuff, and do all this, and do some stuff that, watch junk, you know? See, we, we, okay, there's the witness of God's word, and we need to get in it. Because we're overcomers by faith in the word of God. We are conquerors. And it says, thanks be to God who always gives us the victory. Put up Deuteronomy 17.6. There's two places, two witnesses that we need to witnesses or three. <laughs> Deuteronomy 17.6. On the evidence of two or three witnesses, he who is worthy of death shall be put to death. He shall not be put to death on the evidence of one witness. Okay, and then in uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 1. New Testament and the Old Testament. This is the third time I'm coming to see you. By the testimony of two or three witnesses, must any charge... Put it in that, King James. It's better. This is the third, third time I'm coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word that you say, every word that the word says, shall be established. In the mouth of two or three witnesses. So, it, okay. Now, it takes two witnesses to establish something. The now, remember when I, I taught this? I don't know. Maybe some people weren't here. The devil is on one side. Here's you in the middle. Okay. Don't distract. I know. I know. But here's the devil on one side. Here's me in the, you in the middle. And here's God over here. And one of these witnesses are going to be established in your life. Depending on who you believe, what you say. When you start to hear reports, when the rubber really meets the road. But yeah, we're holding him just to make him comfortable. There's nothing we can do. And you say, you have to, boy, I tell you, you got, you got to, You've got to believe in faith. Now one witness stands in the middle, and it's you. And this one's reports, tests, pains, symptoms, all kinds of things, or bank accounts. This could be anything, you know, anything. You heard that your husband or wife was committing adultery. See, and then here's... Here's the witness of God, but God says, but God says, but God says, but God says, but God says. And it's so easy because we're led by sense knowledge in a sense world, and the majority of everybody, even Christians, go by sense knowledge. And the side you line up becomes the side with the majority vote. And if you line up with the problem, it becomes established. 
And that's why you got it. Even talking about stuff, you got to shut up. See, there, there's, if, if you just keep talking about something, talking about, you're giving it place. If it's demonic, they're listening, they go, hoo-hoo-hoo, we got it. We got the fear. See, and there's very little God can do about it. So you can choose to line up with what God says, which is in the minority in this earth, to be honest with you. And you, you can establish God's word in your life and make it stand in your life. Now, I mean, I've tried to establish it really well, but boy, I tell you, when something happens, there's, it's, it's like you have got to really have it established because then all these forces are coming against you and hearing, and not only that, it kind of wears you out and it gives you a headache and you get emotional. That's why your soul has to be renewed with the word in order for you to have a stable mind, will, and emotion. Yes, you know, you can let, let it out sometimes, but you've got to stand. So you have got to line up with one side or the other because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every sense word is established. Sense word, I go on the right side for God. And, and every word of God is established. In the mouth of two or three witnesses. And the witness you believe and verbally agree with is the witness that becomes established in your life. If something happens to you and you're constantly talking about the pain, constantly talking about the problem, constantly, 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 you're going to have it because you're calling it in. Because you got to call things that be not as though they were. See, and that's when the witness of the word, which is less in this earth <laughs> and all around because we're, we're living with, in a world system, you know, and it comes out of your mouth and you have to agree with it. I mean, you have to agree with the right thing. Now, this is exactly what those people in Numbers 13 did. Exactly. He said, I, and I, I've never heard anybody, I, okay, as I read the Bible, I underlined, and I don't know how many times he said, I give you the promised land. I give you the promised land. I give you the present land. Well, that was in Genesis. I give you the promised land. I give you the promised land. I give you the promised land. You're going to get the promised land. They came to the promised land and say, see, God's word is truth, right? And he said, I'm going to give you possession of it. I'm going to give you provision. That's where you have to let God's word be true and every man a liar. Or every thought a lie. I don't care if it's right there. It's right in front of you. It's right in a report. Okay. So God's word is true. And every, see in Romans 3, 4, it says, like God be true and every man a liar. And God's word is true. And every thought that opposes God's word is a lie. So you've got to be strict with yourself. 
when you're, <laughs> you let your mind wander and you want to speak a bunch of stuff because it's going to affect what you possess. And in Numbers 13, you know that. They scouted. They got to the promised land finally after 40 years. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Ben. And they got there, and then he says, go take, a, take one person from every tribe and go scout out the land for 40 days. And they, they said, oh, yeah, like God said, it, it really flows with milk and honey, and it's fruitful, but nevertheless, get your butts out of the way. <laughs> See, it sounds positive at first. And they said it's true. But then they said, but here's a detailed list of what we saw when we scouted the land. It's never going to work. They said, said, oh, there's giants in there. There's enemies. And they had all the can'ts and the why nots. And it's impossible. But yeah, God said we could have it. God said we could have all these things, if you read the Bible, who we are in Christ. But when, when you see the lack, you know, or, or a, even a crop failure, you know, or, or a business failure or something. See, you can't lose faith. Oh, <laughs> I'm talking to myself. And you have to stop listing the negatives in your life. The, the, uh, because of symptoms in the body, because of lack in the back account, because of pain. See, God didn't ask us to overcome the giants. Go to 2 Corinthians 10, uh, 3. 2 Corinthians 10, 3. That, that one out of the Amplified. This is what he asked us. <laughs> he didn't say you had to overcome For though we walk in the flesh, we're not operating. We do not war in the flesh with swords and spirits and poison. <laughs> you know, for the weapons of our warfare are not fleshy or carnal. But they're mighty through God to the putting down of strongholds in our mind. Strongholds are always in your mind. Casting down, oh my gosh, this is going to happen and that's going to happen and this is true and this is, this is what they said and, this is, and every high thing that says this is it and it goes against what he said. Against, it exalts itself against the knowledge of the word of God. So bring it into captivity. I arrest you, you thoughts. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let God be true and every man a liar. And having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. All disobedience against the word of God. We'll just stop there. So that's what he asked us to do. Cast down what you're thinking, what you're hearing, what you're seeing. He didn't ask you to get rid of the impossible. He asked you to think right about impossibilities 
and speak right. You think right, you speak right, and he'll take care of every giant, every hindrance. I, I can tell you, though, when something happens, and maybe, it, you know, it's different personalities, it's not always easy to do that. Or, you know, see? You say the word, so, so you step forward, you press upward to a better place. And you possess what God has already given us. See, Caleb and Joshua were the ones that thought right. They thought right what God had said. He said, he said, you got it. It's not impossible. And he saw what happened to the last generation. Said Caleb was 85 when he took possession of the mountain. But think of this though. He had to wait another 40 years. All, all, only Joshua and Caleb lived. He said, all the rest of you are going to die because of the words of your mouth. I brought you to the promised land. I showed it to you. You all died. <laughs> he said, everybody's going to die up to what? Was it 20 years old or something? And then, yeah, they, they stayed. And then they went, went for 40 years, though in the wilderness again and poor Caleb and Joshua had to go with them <laughs> and by that time you could get discouraged I thought I was going to get it when I was 40 and he said now I'm 85 <laughs> but he was all eager to take it see 40 years again he had a wonder in the desert because of unbelievers and he never gave up Faith people see the impossible as the place of possession because they know others will walk away from it. Let's, let's be faith people. Yes. Yes. See, Caleb, in fact, Kate Caleb, Caleb said, let's go up. He was one of the ones. Plus, John said, let's go up at once. Ah, oh, we're well able to possess it. God's already given it to us. It's ours. He's already given us all these things in the word of God. <laughs> okay, let's go to Genesis 13, 15. God said to Abram. <laughs> but see, this isn't the only place where it was. I found it a whole bunch of places. <laughs> For all the land which you see, I will give to you and your posterity forever. Oh, no, we can't take it. Oh, no, because there's giants there. <gasps> oh, they're going to kill us. <sighs> they're going to do this. They're going to do that. We're afraid. See, fear. See, if you do not know what God said because you haven't renewed your mind, you'll hesitate with unbelief because by yourself you don't have the skill to possess what God provided. So you've got to get, you've got to get in that word. You've got to get in the world, in the world, in the word. I was trying. Okay. So was I going to say it? No, you know what? And I am finished. Yes. I know it was short, but it was a reminder. But remember, 
out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. And God's word is forever established in heaven. So let's just say that, let's all stand up. Jesus, just say this. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are more powerful than depression or oppression. You are more powerful than doctor's reports. You are more powerful than symptoms. You are more powerful than bank reports. You are more powerful than what I see. Or what I hear or feel. Or what I taste or touch. You are mightier than temptations. And I decree and declare. You are the Lord of all. My spirit and my soul. My mind, will, and emotions, and my body. And you have put the devil under my feet because I am part of the church. And I am seated with you in heavenly places at your own right hand, far above. All principality, all power, all might and dominion, and every name that's named. And I trust in you, Lord, for you are my refuge, you are my fortress, you are my strength, you are my God, you are the God of my life. And you make me victorious over all situations. And I hold the blood of Jesus against all the power of the enemy. Trying to come against us. Against my mind. Against my finances. Against my children against my marriage, against my body, in every area of my life. And I cancel every assignment the devil has for me in the name of Jesus. The devil has no claim on me or my family. He has no power over me. I have nothing in common with him. I belong to my Lord and my Savior. Jesus Christ. And he always causes me to triumph. In every situation. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Do we? <laughs>
Do we have another song we can sing just to end it? Something really whoopy?